experience of the Spirit, a deep dream that has been birthed, a new vision that has been placed into these young lives, and Lord, breathed life by your Spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would propel them into the most extraordinary lives of their time, that you would open up incredible adventures ahead of them. Um, and Lord, we bless them, and Lord, we ask that they would do extraordinarily well in their lives. Extraordinary. That they would write new stories of young people, of people that are just making great choices, of experiencing life in its fullness, and of doing things in the really best way. And so we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was just super. Fish that weren't in the net, 
There are people that are not too far away from God. Communities are only hard to reach if the church stays in the building. I'll say that again. Communities are only too hard to reach if the church stays in the building. No person is too far away from God. They'll likely stay far away from God unless someone goes fishing. Equally, someone who may seem quite close to coming to faith or making a decision to follow Jesus may stay undecided unless someone gives them an invitation to say yes to God. Unless someone says no to them. See, I believe that God loves catching all sorts of people. And some of them are very unlikely to find their way. Just a couple of years ago, you look a pretty unlikely person. And I probably look a pretty unlikely kind of person. But in some way, God is catching our lives. And I know for many of you, you can make that step and say yes to being called by His love. For some of you are here today and you haven't made that step yet. But something is drawing you towards love and towards life. See, you may have a neighbor that has shown absolutely zero interest in your life because you're so different. They're not going to go away. They're going to look. You might have a, a family that has turned their back on you because you have chosen to follow Jesus. They're not going to go away. You may have children that have maybe used to, or maybe used to be connected to church and have a faith in themselves, but now have chosen a different path to follow Jesus. They're not too far away. Keep fishing. Keep fishing. We'll see that at the end of um, Disciples, ordinary people like you and me, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are called to advance God's kingdom to be Jesus in the world. As we often say, this is for everyone, every day, everywhere. Every one of us, every day of our lives, into every environment that we go into, at work, at play, at leisure, at rest, with our families, in our neighborhoods, everyone, every day, everywhere. That we're called to serve so that others can find God's kingdom themselves. We're called to serve so that others can be called by God's grace. Are we getting it? As Jesus asked his disciples, are we getting the point? Are we getting his call? What Jesus then does is he finishes, Matthew 13 is like a talk, it's like a sermon. And uh, he finishes his talk with an insight into the life that we're invited into. 
the Lord who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old ones. Well, the teacher of the law uh, represents the Old Testament religious Jewish uh, context that Jesus was brought up in. Now, when we read the Gospels, we need to remember that Jesus was Jewish. He is not Swedish like all of the patriarchal Hermeticians. Jesus was Jewish. That was the context. He was brought up with the religious practices, often very um, external observances that went with the Old Testament law. And the teacher of the law represents that way of doing life, a very religious way of life. And that way of life just weighed people down because they could never be good enough. Never get up to the standard. And what Jesus is reminding us of, what he's saying to us, is that there is more. There is new treasure. There is old treasure. Not saying throw out the old. There is old treasure, but he's saying there is new treasure. There is new life. We're actually invited into relationship. That is the new treasure. That is the heart of the new treasure that is poured out of the storm. That's the heart of Jesus' message to it. It's not just about religious practice but it is about relationship. You see, Christianity is so much more than religion. The message of the, of the Christian gospel is that we can say yes to a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is the good news. And so maybe you're someone that has said yes to Jesus before. say that things have just become a little bit religious. And I would imagine, if we're all honest, there are times and seasons in our lives where we just don't want to say, yeah, I've gone into that kind of place. Where it's kind of slipped from a glowing relationship through to going through the motions. We've kind of slipped into a different way of expressing our Christian life. Maybe you find yourself just going to church because you always have done that. Or maybe because someone has twisted your arm. Hopefully not too hard. But maybe you're here, or you've done that kind of thing because someone has just sort of said, let's do that. Now that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to do things out of habit. But there's more. There's more like this. Maybe you uh, are fine with reading the Bible or with prayer, but right now it feels somewhat like this. But you keep on doing it. Someone you're sat here today, you've not taken a step of saying yes to Jesus. What else would I say to him if I didn't know him? Today, right now, is always the best time to say yes to God. Always the best time. So maybe today, for you, that is the step to take. Just simply to say yes to Jesus. How many of you were here last Sunday? Oh, there wasn't a show. Thank you. Maybe Barclay shared last Sunday. Did you enjoy that? 
just uh, shared the most stunning story, the most epic place I've seen in my life. But also some stunning stories of, of healing and of people saying yes to Jesus out on the streets of this town. Lots of risks taken. I would encourage you, if you live life, I mean, if you live your life, Thank you. 
this is a more recent depiction of that being done by a guy called Carl E. Mackerson, who's an ancient teacher. And it's a very simple picture of Jesus knocking on the door of a home. And that points us, as you may recall, to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus says that he's knocking on the door of a home. And if we will open the door, then he will come in and have dinner with us, which is a way of saying that he will come and do life with us and, and we'll do life with him. And one of the things you'll notice is this, that the handle is on the inside. So we have to take that step of saying yes to Jesus' of opening the door. So that may just be helpful just as a picture um, that you can show people just as a way of uh, bringing the conversation. The three questions which are, are put on the back of these cards. The first question is, can I ask you a question? When you're out on the street, down in the shops, it can be really helpful because if the person says, actually, no, you can't, they might be in a hurry. They may just not want to chat, in which case, get the hurry. Don't chase, don't chase people down streets. Never end well. Second question. If God could do a miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do for you? Now, that's a pretty big question. What it immediately says is that we believe that God is real, that he is here, and that he can do miracles. That's the God we believe in, yes? You follow me? That's the God we believe in, that he is able to do miracles. And then listen to what the person says. And sometimes what they say can seem quite superficial, but can actually be quite real. So I've had people say to me, um, I, I want to win the lottery. A lot of people say that. And you can take that very superficially, but actually if you ask another question, okay, why? You might actually unpack their need for, to, for some security, uh, for some provision, some protection, that they're actually deeper, often deeper things that are going on for them. They are just like a million pounds. And what, what is feeding um, that response? Big Jet last week, the one lad who you asked that question to, said, I want people to live forever. And then Steve went back for that because that is, you know, I don't know whether the guy knew what he was listening to, but actually that's what I want eternal life. I want people to live forever. And then the third question, the question is, can I share with you what I think is the greatest miracle God could ever do for you? Would that be okay? And most often my experience people have said, yes, share that. And then you might say something like this, I believe that the greatest miracle that God gives to us is the free gift of eternal life. This gift is made possible only through Jesus Christ, through his perfect life, through his death on the cross, where he wipes the slate clean, we forgives our sin, which uh, does away with all of our wrongdoing, and then through his resurrection from the dead, which means that his life is the strongest force in our world. Is this gift of eternal life something you would like to receive right now by saying yes to Jesus. And if the person says yes, then you have an opportunity to lead them in a very simple prayer that says thank you to Jesus, that confesses our need for his forgiveness, confesses the things that we've done wrong in acknowledging that Jesus paid the price, that we want to live a new life and pray that the person will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that makes that new life within us. So I hope that is helpful to you. 
just a very, very simple tool. But there are many hundred thousands of churches around the world that are now using this tool as a very helpful way of creating conversation. But in fact, that's the last thing that I want to share this morning, is just the encouragement to make it a challenge to us. The challenge is this. Don't wait for opportunities. Create opportunities. Don't wait for opportunities. Create opportunities. You know, Jesus said that the harvest field is ripe. The parable that we said we read today says that there are fish in the lake. There are fish in the lake. In the area that this church covers, where most people in this church live, there are in excess of 900,000 people who don't have a real, personal, daily relationship with Jesus Christ yet. Over 900,000 people. So, very simply, what opportunities are waiting to be created around you? In your neighborhood, in your family, in your friendship group. What opportunities are waiting to be Sounds to you like a lot of people. That is a lot. And it's got the same thing for us. How do we connect with people? One bite of it. How does the world change? One life at a time. Remember the stories in Luke chapter 15. There was one lost sheep. Um, and he's been in pain for a few days. Uh, he sat in his van driving home. 
God, this was our sort of leader last night, our Portuguese speaking service. Um, and again, at the end of the evening, we just said, has anyone got pain in their body? And a couple of people came forward. One lady had pain in her neck. Um, and another lady, her husband, actually, she was out doing the kids' work. Um, he ran out because she, he knew she had bad pain in her back. And he said, you've got, you've got to come forward and go and do some people pray for you. And what, what we did, we got some people out who had never prayed for anyone before. And I said, okay, you, can we can pick one of you to pray for them? And so prayed some very short prayers. The lady with a bad neck, her pain immediately went down. We, we saw it from 10 being the worst down to zero, it immediately went down to three. Wow. So we prayed some more, and it, it went down to one, and the pain was pretty much gone. I spoke to her at the end of the evening, she said, I'm getting better. Uh, the, the lady with the, the pain across her back, again, significant improvement in movement and pain reduction. So I thought, wow, that's quite interesting. What I then heard at the end of the evening was that it was the guy sat at the back of the meeting last night, who, that was the first time he's ever come to church. And he was just observing what these weird people at the front were doing. And he was just looking on. I could see that he was looking on. What I heard at the end of the evening was that there was nobody around him, but that he felt a hand on his back that was in pain, and the pain went away. Now, what that tells me is a bunch of things. One, that God is so very, very kind. So very, very loving. And it tells me that his kingdom is near. His kingdom is within reach. His kingdom is advancing, it is bringing expansion, transforming lives, because that's what God's kingdom is like. It also tells me, you know, that there are times where you have this sense that God is present, but no one's there. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit weak one. I feel like the baby is having baby breaks. So could I invite you to stand before him?
right, I want to talk you through. Could you just ask where the pain is? Very simply, where the pain is. Don't get too much medical information. Get a couple of guys out here, especially just in between. A couple of special guests ahead. Be brave. Another guy to join us by the time I'm over here. Thank you. 